Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Carly. We are the creators and hosts. As two women who received late autism diagnoses, we are passionate about educating, celebrating, and highlighting autistic identities. This life-changing diagnosis opened a whole new world to us both. Our special interests have been so important in our journey of self-discovery through our autism diagnosis. Special interests provide autistics with an element of regulation, comfort, and support. We want to provide a platform where others can share the joy of their special interests. Our podcast aims to represent diverse autistic identities through an inclusive community where autistic voices are valued, validated, and seen. We're excited for you to join us on our journey of learning and story sharing. Join us weekly as we share about our own experiences and other autistic stories. Welcome to the pod, everyone. We're so excited. You're all tuning in to listen. And we're here today with Tommy. We're so excited to learn more about his experiences and about him. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you. Uh, oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I enjoyed the podcast myself. So it's a real treat for me to actually be, be on it. Oh, we're so excited and grateful to have you on. And how are you feeling today? I'm feeling, feeling pretty. It could, could have used a little bit more sleep, but get up and get busy. Yeah, I feel that. I only got a couple hours last night, so I'm pretty tired, too. So today, you uh, let us know you'd like to talk about life coaching and your work in that. So um, not to give too much away, but... Um, if you could tell us a little more about yourself. Yes, well, I'm 47 now. I'm diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder almost nine years ago now. I went, went through the whole range when I was young. Mom's crazy if she thinks anything's wrong other than my speech impediment to cerebral palsy to uh, unspecified learning disability and none of them seem to fit. Uh, and I, I could tell I was different, quote unquote, oh, oh. Oh, because like muscles didn't look as good as others seemed to. Things were harder for me. I would use excellent in school in the subjects I was interested in. But like the others, I would do really bad at uh, meltdowns, daily migraines, sensory issues, those, and a lot of connections between things I didn't make until the last couple of years. 
And that's part of why I got into the life coaching is because I want uh, to give autistic individuals and their family the help I never got. Uh, because who's gonna help you better than someone that's going through it themselves? So that's kind of me. I'm avid gamer, writer, editor, uh, three gaming books published. Uh, uh, and I do the coaching and play video games and enjoy life as much as I can. And, that's amazing. What kind of video games do you play? Um, I I do a lot of World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, um, Star Trek Recommends, another one on my radar right now. And I just started playing one uh, called um, Warhammer Chaos, which is a traditional fantasy RPG type. Right. Uh, and then I also play tabletop role-playing games and been a DM for Dungeons and Dragons for almost 40 years now. So I have a weekly group that we meet like twice a week for that. Uh, so I have my little circle. That's so awesome. I am going to start playing Dungeons and Dragons next week with a new uh, group, and I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. What would you say your favorite thing about, you know, gaming has been? For me, it's the storylines. And, and with Dungeons and Dragons in particular, it's retelling our own stories. And I've also used it a lot to understand and how different things like dealing with grief and how different people would respond to grief simply by throwing in a tragedy and watching how everyone reacts. So it's been real useful for me as kind of a therapy tool also. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love, you know, using stories like that to help you process your own life. I love how you just brought that up. Is that something um, you do like in your communities or with your life coaching? Um, It's something that on the table oh oh and i've done it with a couple people but i have to kind of judge where the client's interest is and if they're not interested again it's not gonna work for them although i will say i do have a lot of teenage clients whose family is involved and for the teenagers, because a lot of them are in today, it works amazingly. That is so awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about your coaching and how you started getting into that? Yeah. Um, originally, 
I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but I was really getting into the personal development and motivational speaking because I'm giving my speech impediment and comfort zone when I'm comfortable. I'm a pretty good speaker. Uh, and I've always done kind of a matter thing with my friends. I'm the one they come to for a lot. So it was just like a natural step outside of the Mandarin and to get into the coaching. And, and it's gone okay. Could be better, could be worse. Uh, but uh, that one of the first things I had to do was figure out who I wanted to serve. Uh, when my heart's always been with the artistic community. Uh, uh, and knowing for myself, like my mother, for example, still believes autism can be cured. Uh, uh, we won't go into that either debate, but I'm definitely of the one way it's how your brain functions until they can learn to do brain transplants without killing it. With that, for better or worse. And, and for me, it's a mixed bag, like which we'll get into some of, of that, I'm sure. Uh, uh, but it just been one of those things where I've learned different things throughout my life that I wish I had have had someone who went through it around to talk to me. And that's kind of where I, the main benefit of my particular kind of coaching is the fact. I go through it myself. If there's just some things we can understand that people who don't experience it will never get. What would you say has been, you know, the most helpful piece of advice you've given to somebody who is experiencing it or something you wish you heard growing up? For me, one of the biggest connections myself was the sensory a, a processing and how it works and the fact that my daily migraines I had all my life was the fact of being overwhelmed. As soon as I made that connection less than two years ago, like as soon as I started to that initial headache, I stop everything. And, and, and I'm down now instead of every day to like two migraines a month. And my migraines were so bad I couldn't stand down, right? Nothing. And so for me, that was one of the biggest changes in my own life, just knowing little things like that and how they connected gave me little opportunities to make small adjustments and, 
definitely improved my life. I, I but it's been amazing and just working with autistic individuals and some of the results also just mind blowing. And we've had uh, autistic kids who never had a friend and when they talk to others in school or having play dates or sleepovers within a month and they're working with us. We've had an autistic man um, who is promoted to her manager of uh, the store who wasn't even going to put in for a promotion because he didn't think he deserved it. Uh, so it just, that's why we do what we do. It, it helps other people. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and for doing the work that you do. Do you work with a team or do you work individually? It's mostly individually. I have a couple people I know that kind of uh, do the work and kind of help me and uh, but for the most part it's me on my own. Um, and and I'm one of the rare people there's only 14 of us now in the world that are autistic who are also doing the life coaching. And so, and we all know that autistic community is huge. I think it's 74 million the last time they estimated it. So that's a lot of people that can use help. And I'm sorry, but doctors, therapists, counselors, most of them, they don't get it. And, and it's a shame we need more autistic individuals to go into those fields as well. But until it happens, as long as I'm around, I'm here to pick up the slack. Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, if you don't have the experience of somebody else, you're not going to be able to meet them where they're at. And that's know? always been one of my strong beliefs. I, I study culture, history, in order to talk to different people. Because you have to know where they're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing people's stories is, yeah, how, the yeah. best way, one of the best ways to support. My next question is, you brought up how, you know, how important friendship is and autistic community. Yeah. And I was wondering if you, you know, what are some ways that you've helped to helped others create that? If you had any tips for people who might be okay. struggling to create okay. community? Yeah. One of the big things I found for me is special interests. 
such a we've talked about. I'm a gamer. The Dragon DX. And that's been one of my special interests for my entire life. Right. So because it's a social game that you play with others, it kind of helps from um, that little network of, of friends anyway. Right. So I really rely on a lot of, of community that are part of my special interest is, is and just reaching out, out to people. Oh, like I did it with the both of you is because I watched the podcast and we happened to be connected on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, love what you do. And next thing you know, I'm here. So yeah, that's kind of my biggest tip is is use the special interest. Almost all, all colleges have a, a wide range of clubs and activities. Is is um, high schools do the same thing for our younger community members? Is and what about? Out, and nowadays it's kind of online. Back in my day, yeah, but you went out to like the gaming stores and actually hung out there. And I still do uh, uh, to this day, but a lot of stuff's online. And the younger generation, that's what they know. Oh, for better or worse on that. And I can see a lot of benefits, but there's some downsides too. Uh, uh, but yeah, just find something that revolves around special interests. Uh, Jensen. Or if you're interested in something, there's someone out there or a group of people out there, somebody's interested in it too. I have yet to find very many that are like truly unique, special interests. So that's kind of my big tip is don't be afraid to look at that. Um, it can be a little overwhelming thing and, and uncomfortable. Oh, just don't be afraid to, hey, I'm interested in this. I see you are too. Oh, oh usually I try to do it like one-on-one, uh, but I've also been in, in drama clubs, uh, debate teams, so I'm not afraid of being up on stage or being in the crowd, as long as it's not overwhelming on the sensor. So, uh, so I, for me, it seems to be kind of easy to just 
put myself out there. I ran a YouTube channel for Dungeons and Dragons for years. Uh, like being on cameras, nothing. That is so cool. That is really inspiring. You said you make YouTube videos too? Um, I used to. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, it, it ended up at one point where I was making a YouTube video every morning, having it posted in the afternoon. Then every night I was DMing a Dungeons and Dragons game. A, a, on top of work. So it, after about six months, I was hidden, burn out. Oh, and this, that burnout out wasn't so much the autistic burnout, which is a little bit different, uh, but it got to the point where I could do nothing but sleep and watch Netflix for like six months. And after that, I'm like, I got to cut back and and then my focus kind of shifted away from the online DMing and, and got into the life coaching more and, and kind of gave up the writing. And not entirely, but for the most part, because as honestly, coaching paid better. It was a big part of it. Plus, I was helping people with, with what they needed, and it was kind of where my heart was. My heart just kind of shifted from the writing to what I'm doing now. So you've talked about how you discovered your autistic a little later in life, and you yeah. spoke about being burnt out. And I'm just curious, um, you know, it seems like maybe you were able to better work with the way your brain processes things after discovering your autistic. And I was wondering um, if you could speak more on that. A little, actually, it started a little, I'd say almost five years before I found out I was autistic. I was into the personal development and kind of the spiritual, who are you, what are you about, and really trying to figure myself out. And that's been a lifelong journey and will continue to be one. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely the, um, when, when I first found out I was autistic, and, and me and my mom knew like 12 years before I was diagnosed. Oh, and in particular, it was in 96, my mom sent me an article on Asperger. It's that she had came across, and she had read it and said, that's my son, because it gave a really good description of what it was like, and I read it, and I'm like, yeah, 
that's me. There's too much lines up for it not to be me. So we started pursuing it, and it still took us probably five, maybe six years to be for the doctors, but even consider how was that? And part of that it was the change in society. When I was small, you didn't have high-functioning sticks until I was like a teenager. All we have is, and I hate using the label, but the low-functioning autistics who would always have to be looked after live in group homes, not have jobs. Uh, and I hate the term and the labels, but it's what we have. Uh, uh, and even and even and um given the right people to work with them who's gone through it, I think can have a significant impact. Uh, but I do tend to work with those that are considered higher functioning. And, and, and that just people similar to me. Uh, because that's where I can help with my experiment. But yeah. We, it's been interesting, and, and then, yeah, I would say after the diagnosis, even though we knew there was a time of finally that relief that people agree, and yeah, okay, this is who I am, and um, and then it just kind of grown from that point. Uh, uh, and I would say within three years of getting diagnosed before and after, uh, uh, autism itself became one of my special interests and like everything I could find, I interested in bed because I needed to understand how I was and why I was the way I was. It's because no one teaches me this stuff. Even now it's like, oh, you're autistic, okay. They don't teach you how the brain functions, how how we, we process information differently. The only way to learn it is pretty much live it. And that's where I try to help other people make the same connections I did. That's beautiful. So how do you have any tips on how you would recover from the burnout that you've talked about? Do you have yeah. tips that you yeah. use now? Um, there's a couple things I do. The first one 
to just better orange this as much as you can. And it won't be much. That's because you'll be too exhausted. Uh, sleep quiet. Uh, definitely as little interaction as possible or with other people. Oh, 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 and do, do self-care. Uh, for ladies, if, if you like a spa day, uh, treat yourself to a spa day. Uh, uh, if you like a certain type of food, uh, get those. Oh, 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 it just that kind of self-care and, and rest is really the best cure for it. I absolutely love treating myself to a spa day, so <laughs> I will be doing that soon. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Just out of curiosity, have you ever worked with someone who's not sure if they're autistic or they haven't been diagnosed? Yeah, yeah um, I work with a lot of people who are self-diagnosed, which I believe is totally valid. And because uh, after all, no one knows you better than you. Oh. Oh, oh, so if you've done the research and you know what autism is and you think you're autistic, as far as I'm concerned, you are. Uh, um, I have had a couple people who weren't sure. Uh, I had one person who actually got diagnosed and wasn't sure at the beginning, but he he noticed because we were friends also, and he noticed some of the things I went through. He went through. Oh, oh, and then we got to talking a, a bit more, and I'm like, yeah, I'm autistic in particular Asperger's. It's what my diagnosis is, is and yeah, it sounds like you probably have some form of autism. Uh, and, and we really do need a better diagnosis system for it, especially in the U.S. Uh, uh, so many of us get bypassed. Uh, uh, and, and again, part of that's the society shift. It's better now than it was even 10, 15 years ago. Oh, oh but it still has a long way to go. Oh, and I hear story after story, especially with ladies, about misdiagnosis. Is, is, uh, to me, that should never happen, in it, whether it's autism or any kind of disease or condition. Uh, you have, have what it is, you have the symptoms, 
Yeah, there's some that are real similar. ADHD in particular is really similar to the autistic traits, so they get confused a lot. Bipolar is another one that I've seen misdiagnosed most when it was really autism. And that comes from a lot of the meltdowns and they think it's an emotional thing and it's not. But I definitely think society needs better diagnosis. They need better support. They need autistic people in the fields. Oh. Oh. So that's pretty much kind of my view on that. It's just, we need more people or who are autistic who can do those kind of things and, and, and have their interest in heart to do so. I agree. And so since the episode is starting to wrap up, I'd love to give you the space to know any of your last thoughts or anything else you'd like to share about your experience or any advice. The biggest advice I can give is, and what really made a difference to me overall in my life is be part of the community, whether it's autistic community, special needs, is, is, and that's a whole nother story, but meeting in a little boy in Austin and back when I was a teenager changed my whole life. And he, he, real quick, he was, I call him a Jedi giant because he was like a 12-year-old trapped in a two-year-old's body. And, and I would push him on the swings and stuff like that. And it just made such an impact on me. It really changed the path I was on for the better. Uh, uh, and so many of us don't have that kind of community. And that's one of the biggest things I see with my clients over and over is they don't know anyone else who's autistic but they only know family members who are autistic. And it's like, no, plugged into the community. There's hundreds of groups, groups on Facebook, where all over Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. And it's not hard to find, find people. Oh, so you just find the community in general and then you talk to people like we did and we click and the next thing you know we're here so really quick for those listening who would like to get hold of you can find me on instagram it's autistic coaching with tommy 
Um, it's my business email. Oh, I'm also on Facebook under Jevin N J A R I N space D N D. Okay, so those are kind of the main spots you can find me. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tommy. We will have all the information in our post, and we'll tag you in our stuff as well. Awesome. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on to our pod and sharing oh, your it's been fun. Yeah, um, we had such a great time. Too short, but fun. I know. Yeah, we'll have to have another meeting. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Any time we can arrange a get together, it would be a blast. Yeah. Thanks so much, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We're so excited that you listen to Tommy and his story and his experiences. It's, a, it's my honor to just put myself out there and what I've gone through and hopefully it helps them.